0: This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. After Democrats failed for a second time to pass permitting reform, the finger pointing on the hill is in full swing. And based on interviews with nearly a dozen aides and lawmakers involved with permitting negotiations on both sides of the aisle, the message is clear. Democrats blame the GOP for the latest failed deal and argue they made significant concessions to appease their Republican colleagues. But Republicans say those compromises weren't enough, especially on one issue, transmission. So today, I chat with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about why transmission was a major sticking point and if there's any way both parties could close the gap. It's Friday, December 9th. So Kat, Democrats proposed major compromises in their latest permitting package, which of course is not advancing as part of the defense bill. But what exactly did Democrats change on transmission, which has really been a major sticking point for both parties and why Republicans ultimately didn't accept it?
1: Yeah, so there are, I would say, two big buckets of changes that Democrats made in order to kind of try and appease Republicans. And the first change that Democrats made was essentially to refine the factors that FERC can consider as, quote, benefits to charge ratepayers for when they're spreading out the costs of a new major transmission line. So basically, this is an effort to keep Democrats happy on cost allocation and also keep renewables on board, but still kind of trying to quell some of the Republicans' and industry's concerns that the previous language was too broad and would allow FERC to charge people for basically any economic benefit that a transmission line might bring. And so this gives a little bit more clarity of these are the kinds of benefits that we're talking about here. But like I said, this really did kind of keep the spirit of allowing FERC to kind of spread those charges out still. The other big thing they did, which was a little bit more of a give on Democrat side, was on citing. And what they did was basically eliminate the language that Republicans felt gave FERC a little bit too much power and DOE too much power as well. In the previous iteration, DOE would have had to designate certain areas as a national interest corridor. And in those cases, FERC would step in. and here, this takes out that language and takes out really DOE entirely and really puts limits and clear definitions on where exactly FERC can weigh in. So FERC can cite a line, but only under certain conditions if a state doesn't act within a year, for instance, or if a state lacks certain kind of authorities. So basically, it's clarifying that kind of divide of power between FERC and the states.
0: Right. And so why weren't these changes enough for Republicans?
1: Well, as you reported really well, Republicans really just didn't feel that these changes went far enough on cost allocation in particular. They still felt that this was effectively socializing the costs of a new transmission line that FERC deems is in the nation's interest across ratepayers. And more generally, I think they just felt that these changes didn't go far enough in the direction of making sure that FERC isn't this big overseer that has unchecked authority oversighting and allocating costs for transmission lines, even though states were kept in the process, like we said,
0: yeah, no, that's right. And then just some climate hawks I'm speaking with feel like the remaining pieces actually are too weak to make a real difference on a major problem. But proponents do say that the cost allocation, the pieces that remain, are actually the biggest difference makers. so, what are you hearing from the clean energy industry about the compromise mansion offer?
1: Yeah, cost allocation is a really huge component here. And this has been a huge sticking point for the clean energy industry for basically as long as we've been thinking about transmission reform. The problem with the current method of cost allocation is basically when a grid operator is bringing on all of these new renewable energy projects, it needs to, at some point, make upgrades to the system. Those upgrades are really, really expensive and often require, for instance, maybe a new transmission line. What happens is there's a long line of new renewable energy resources trying to connect to the grid, and the grid operator might allocate those costs onto a single renewable energy project. That project can't afford to pay those costs, and so the whole thing starts all over again and the next person in line goes. And And it's just been this really circular, unproductive process. And the clean energy industry argues that what should happen instead is we should allocate these costs based on the people who are benefiting from it, which are rate payers. If we build a new transmission line that's able to bring in cheaper energy from different places, rate payers are benefiting from that and we should spread those costs out Accordingly, that's really what kept the clean energy industry on board here because that's so central to freeing up the clogged interconnection queue. And I think that was also a really big sticking point for Democrats as well because they understood how important this was to the clean energy industry.
0: Right. And so if the permitting issue carries over to the next Congress, as looks likely, the issues related to transmission will be central to whether a deal can be struck. The House will be in Republican hands. They'll, they'll have even more input on this. So do you have a sense if there's anything Republicans and utilities who Republicans seem to be listening to on this issue would actually accept in this space? And if there are other compromise ideas that could maybe close the gap?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the big sticking point will continue to be cost allocation. So it'll be interesting to see if Republicans are willing to come to the table on this idea and and if there's a way for the clean energy industry to really make the case to Republicans that we really need to find a way to allocate these costs in a way that isn't just on a single energy project. And maybe it'll be allocating them across multiple projects, kind of aggregating them in groups, which is actually in line with the proposal that some grid operators have brought forward. The other issue to watch will be how far Republicans are willing to go in giving FERC or allowing FERC to keep certain authority, oversighting and making sure that that states are satisfied with how much power they are able to keep. And I actually do think that's an area where Republicans will be able to find a lot of compromise with Democrats because we're already kind of seeing states and FERC have these conversations, and they have been having these conversations for a while. And so I think if FERC and states are able to find that middle ground, then there's no reason why necessarily Republicans and Democrats can't come to a solution on how to balance those authorities.
0: Also, on Thursday, Special Climate Envoy John Kerry said that people are, quote, exploiting both the war in Ukraine and the surge in energy prices this year to advocate for more fossil fuel use. While Kerry said his comments are not meant to diminish the human suffering in Ukraine, he noted that Russia's invasion disrupted the momentum countries had built up at global climate talks in Glasgow, Scotland last year to green their economies. For context, Kerry didn't specify who was exploiting the war on high energy prices, but his remarks came after a year in which Republicans have portrayed President Joe Biden's green energy policies as the reason for the spikes in prices of gasoline, natural gas, and electricity. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power-switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Brigmaster Cylinder. Norma Malikal is the podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amits is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. this episode is brought to you by chevron the human energy company did you know that chevron is working with partners in california to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation find out more at chevron.com rng